Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. Hey, guys. I got to come up with something. I really have to plan something. Um, I'm Kate. I may or may not be wearing pants. I don't know. And I am Liz. Uh, We could really Uh, not be wearing a bra, you know, these days. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Yeah. You don't, you guys don't know what we're wearing, really. We could just be like, I mean, we're on, okay, let's clarify. We are on different coasts. Yes. So um, Liz doesn't even know if I have pants on or not. No. She never will. She'll never know. (laughs) I'll never know if she has on or not. (laughs) Do these recordings in person so it's like a big mystery and usually we don't use video either so it's like a big mystery it is this whole thing is just a big mystery unsolved mystery um but anyway the reason I was gonna say sort of like our series this week heist famous heist a lot of them like we covered last week, Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum is a big mystery great segue great segue um that was fun, and I'm going back to the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum, like, the first chance I get after yes. opens again. And I'm liking this series so much more than I thought. Like, I was like, oh, it'll be fun, you know, heist, whatever, but I'm really getting into it. Yeah, just, like, researching, trying to figure out which um, topic I'm going to do next week. I'm like, oh, my God, this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, so many heists. <laughs> you just don't even know about you guys. It's crazy. Um, and I think we, we tried to pick like famous ish, but not famous enough that like literally everybody knows the story, especially people like our age, you know, you might not have heard about this in history class or heard a podcast about it. So, um, I think we do have a good mix. And so why don't you tell everybody what you are covering this week for your famous heist? Yes, it's very random. Um, so this week I am doing John Widowitz and the 1972 robbery of a Brooklyn Chase Manhattan bank that went on to inspire the Oscar winning movie Dog Day Afternoon starring Al Pacino. Yes, <laughs> which I have never title. seen. I have never seen that. Well, it won Best Screenplay, and it had, like, six nominations total. Al Pacino was nominated um, for his performance, and the, I think the movie itself was nominated for Best Picture. Um, And a a young Al Pacino, okay? So, like... I'm, I will be watching this immediately following the recording of this. (laughs) It is on HBO Max. I I looked it up to see where it was streaming. And, yes, he's very pale and very sweaty in this movie a lot. God, (laughs) Ew. Okay. Thank you for yeah. the warning. And this, okay. The warning. And this movie, like, this is so random. Like I'm saying, but this case is really big. And I think maybe, like, if you lived through this time, or especially if you lived in New York, you probably know this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just know it because, like, when I'm, pro- I've probably mentioned this before. I don't remember. But when I was younger, my family, like, every Friday we'd get like an old movie and pizza. And that was like our thing that, that we would watch. And so my dad would usually pick out the movie cause it would be like some old movie that he like was like, you guys need to see this. You yeah. Know? Hey, we did that with our kids a couple yeah. weeks ago and had them watch Matilda, which oh, is one of the best movies ever. Okay. So. Okay. So my dad had us watch it. dog day afternoon. You guys watched Matilda. <laughs> 
love that. I love th- that track. That track. And so this, I mean, this, like, as a, I, I was probably, like, middle school, maybe, like, early high school. I don't even remember. But, like, old enough to follow that, like, this story has um, sex change operation. This story has, you know, violence. This story has stupid criminals. It's got, like, everything that you need and more. It has <laughs> and so- everything. Okay. I'm so intrigued now to watch this. You're really selling this movie. It's just sort of stuck stuck with me. So I had to look into John Witowitz, um, you know, the man who inspired it all. So this is kind of his story, but it's really all the story of this, of what he's famous for, this bank robbery. Okay. Perfect. And this man is a character. I'm obsessed with him. Um, I will just also say there is a documentary on Amazon Prime, I believe, called The Dog, and it's all about his life. So oh. I would recommend that. I learned so much about him. Okay, yes. I will have to watch that also. And um, we will be putting up pictures on our account on Instagram at Famous yeah, Kate and Liz, Kate with a C. So go there to check it out. Um, you need to see this man. If you don't want to Google. <laughs> if you don't want to Google, just go right onto Instagram to our account and let us know what you think. I'm so excited to learn about this character. Okay, so let's get into it. So let's just start with who was John Witowitz. He was born in New York City in 1945 and was basically leading a normal life, you know, growing up in the 50s and 60s. And after he graduated high school, he served in Vietnam. And he had described himself um, as like a Goldwater conservative Republican who was like all for war. And then he went to Vietnam and he was in, um, I'll I'll say the terminology incorrectly, but like there was a fight where like 90% of, I think his um, people in his like platoon died. Um, Some outrageous number like that. Oh my God. And he like Like, He has seen some shit. Like he has seen some shit. And after that, then he became liberal after that experience because he's like if we don't even need to be at war why are we like losing this many lives over what you know and like so that was like a a turning point for him um and when he came back from vietnam he started working for a chase manhattan bank um in brooklyn or or i think well in new york yeah um he's from brooklyn so this is this is a brooklyn story as much as it is a 70s gay sex story as much as it is a bank robbery story (laughs) this has all this is ticking all the boxes as they would say on love island yeah (laughs) ticking all the boxes so he worked at a chase manhattan bank and there he struck up a relationship with a co-worker named carmen um bafuclo and they got married in 1967. And it was kind of tumultuous from the start. In the documentary, he says that her father um, started a fight with him, like, the night of their wedding. And they were going to, like, split up because her father had asked him to pay for some of the wedding. And he, like, stormed out. And this guy is, like, he will, he's unapologetic, right? Like, he will, he will say, that like, what he's feeling no matter what. He doesn't care, like, if he's offending you or... <laughs> You know, okay, okay. you have to respect someone like that, you know, so he he almost broke up with his like wife, you know, the night of their marriage, but they made it work. Um, You know, they continued to stay married, um, but he had been keeping a secret from her. So when he was at basic training for the military, that's where he had his first gay encounter 
And he said it was courtesy of a, and I quote, a hillbilly by the name of Wilbur. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, so was this while he was still married? Sorry. So it was before he was married. So oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah got he it. just didn't okay. tell his wife about it. Um, that was the secret. Okay, 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 got it. Mm-hmm. And in the documentary, he, he says that he woke up one night and he was getting a blowjob from the sky. <laughs> And the guy was like, or he was like, what are you doing? And the guy was like, well, what, don't you like it? And he's like, no, yeah, like, it feels good. And he's like, well, do you want me to stop? And he's like, no. (laughs) And so they kind of, like, hooked up. I mean, he is outrageous. I'm telling you guys need to watch this documentary. (laughs) Uh, He said something like, he blew like a summer breeze or something like that. I'm telling you. Oh, this sounds amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so, yes, he, he was gay, um, you know, but he wasn't out yet and he was married. Um, his mother, whose name is Terry, um, had said about him, when he was a kid, he was good. He was no trouble. The service screwed him all up. After being discharged, um, oh, sorry, yeah. So she blamed the service for kind of, like, mm-hmm. some of his um, – they do talk a little bit about like he probably does have some mental issues I don't know if he's ever been diagnosed but they do talk about that right. in the but that's not like he wasn't like turned gay or something from right these issues right. yeah 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 which I'm um, during that time could you imagine like how many other people were living like similar lives because that's what you were expected to do like it wasn't just so easy to come out of the closet during that time right. you know no it right still wasn't, so. Yeah, and his mom was actually, like, very supportive, almost to an enabling point with him, which we'll get into. Um, She's, like, you know, a traditional Italian mother. Like, she loves her son, you know, like, no matter what. Um, And so um, after he was discharged from the service in 1967, then he, you know, quickly got married to Carmen. Um, He couldn't live his lie that much longer, so he separated from Carmen in 1969, just two years later. And at that time, he joined the Gay Activist Alliance and started oh. just, just fucking. <laughs> he just started like, <laughs> you know, just you know, living his life. <laughs> oh my god! Just gonna throw that out there. Just fucking. <laughs> yeah, it says a string of male lovers, but <laughs> okay, okay. Um, get but it, you know what? He's still considered Carmen like his straight wife. I don't know if they ever officially divorced, hmm. and he had two kids oh. with her, and oh, he okay. would still spend like two nights a week with her, you know, at their home, and be sexually active with her too, you know. Oh. So he was he was probably bisexual, um, right, you know. right. Okay. And he he describes himself like as a pervert, and so he's I you know that he has like. He says, like, he's a good Roman Catholic, and he doesn't, you know, drink, do drugs, you know, commit crime. Well, he did commit that one crime. (laughs) But, you know, he doesn't do, like, all the bad things, so he has to be, his vice has to be sex. And so he's kind of like a sex addict, too, but a proud one. Okay. Um, Okay, so then in 1971, he met Ernie Aaron, who identified as female, and she went by the name of Liz Eden, and they fell in love and they married in an unofficial ceremony because an official one wasn't possible at the time. Um, and like his mom was there and they had this, you know, unofficial marriage and they lived together um, all the while, you know, still legally married to Carmen as well. And she knows oh, about 
Liz Eden, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it was like not, it wasn't a secret anymore. Basically. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And he's out there, you know, in the, working with the gay alliance and like, you know, working for gay rights. Right, so right, like right, putting right. Stuff out there. So Liz Eden really wanted a gender reassignment surgery, which, you know, is difficult to get nowadays. I'm sure it was really difficult. Yeah. I didn't even know they could do that back then. 70s. Yeah. And so there was a lot of like, just mental stigma. Like they, he taught, he's interviewed. She, she is interviewed in, the documentary or they show old interviews of her and she says, you know, like people thought I was crazy because I wanted to cut off my penis and, you know, people would say stuff like that to me. And, um, you know, just like, Oh, I think we just know so much more now. So just imagine it then. Um, and John didn't want her to have the surgery initially, but Eden just got, or Liz Eden just got so depressed that eventually she attempted suicide and was hospitalized because of it. And, oh God. Uh, and they were kind of like, we're never going to let you out of here because you, we think you're mentally, you know, insane because you want <sighs> a gender re- reassignment surgery. So there was like, yep. there was probably God. a really good chance that like, she was never going to get out. She wanted this surgery. And that's when John decided he had to do something to save Liz, his love. And he decided he had to find a way to pay for her surgery he got on board and he decided he had to do that by robbing a bank oh my god I literally forgot this was all like the center (laughs) of all this was a heist I was I'm literally like on the edge of my seat like about this man's life okay but we're getting to the actual heist now so he wanted the money Mm -hmm. to help his friend get yeah his wife yeah yeah to get yeah sorry his wife get (laughs) like um a sex change yes absolutely he wanted that I believe at the time they said it was $2,500 um that's real cheap yeah (laughs) less (laughs) money than my root canal yeah well this is the early 70s so you know um but he I can't really remember exactly what he did out of the service like you know they just didn't have a lot of money um anyway so he was pretty desperate um so yeah he decided to rob a bank um and it also says that there is a claim that the um he robbed the bank to pay back money he borrowed from the mafia and Liz Eden has kind of said that in some interviews because people are like, Oh, isn't it romantic that he robbed this bank for you? Or like, isn't that just so cool? He did this for you. And she's like, Oh, he didn't do it for me. He owed the mob money, you know? And like, they had a very tumultuous relationship, Liz and John as well. Like you can get into that whole thing. Like there was definitely like abuse, emotional and physical, probably, you know, they were just like this tumultuous couple, but you know, one of those passionate couples that like loved each other. (laughs) Yep. 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 Wow. Okay. Yeah, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> so, okay. So he recruited a couple people to help him with the bank robbery, figured he needed some backup guys. Uh, so he recruited Bobby Westenberg, and I love this guy's name, Salvatore Naturale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sal okay. Natural. Love it. Um, and he had met them both at a gay bar, um, and they agreed to help him with the heist. Um, 
I believe he paid Bobby Westenberg $50,000. Maybe it went to both of them. And before the heist, he was kind of like, well, I paid you $50,000. So now you should also fuck me. <laughs> and oh, okay. yeah. And Bobby was like, didn't really want to, but he's like, well, there was like an expectation. So they did have sex before the heist. And then Sal wanted some of Bobby's ass too. And Bobby was like, no, no, Sal. <laughs> and then Sal <laughs> got sad that he didn't want to have sex with him. <laughs> That's all covered in the documentary. <laughs> I was, like, almost thinking, this should be a movie, but it is. (laughs) It is. Like, this is insane. Okay. Wow. So, these guys were, like, very far from professional, okay? They they didn't know what they were doing. There was no plan. Like, they admitted the... The ba- like bank manager was like it. There was it was very obvious they didn't know what they were doing. You know. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. So they just drove around New York on August twenty second, nineteen seventy two, hot day. You know, they were just looking for a bank to rob. Um, and they had it didn't come very easily. They had a couple incidents. Um, the first bank they went into was not the first one they robbed. So they went in accidentally dropped their shotgun causing it to go off <laughs> in oh, the middle of the bank oh no 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 yep so they oh, ran out of no, that no, first no. one <laughs> ran oh, out no. of the first one like can't do that one you know drove around some more found another bank went in and bobby westenberg ran into a friend of his mother's <laughs> there Stop, you know, yeah you can't do this in your hometown yeah in your neighborhood yeah come on <laughs> Come on. Even I know that. Oh, boy. They called off the second location. So they just decided to kill some time. And they went and saw the Godfather that was playing at the movies. (gasps) Just a a little break, like a three-hour break. Yeah. The Godfather. Oh, my God. Father. And coincidence, coincidentally, um, Al Pacino also stars in The Godfather, and then he yes! goes on to play John Woodowitz in Dog Day yes! Afternoon. Oh my God, he is like loving that, probably. Yep. Wow. Um, okay. So yeah, after The Godfather, you know, like you said, a good three hours later, at least, um, they decided on a Chase Bank in the Gravesend section of Brooklyn. Um, they went in. And they slipped the teller a note that had a quote from the God, the Godfather in it. This is how ridiculous these people are. It just said, this is an offer you can't refuse. Stop. Stop. No. I'm done. We're done here. We're no. done. I know. It's like, what? I would be like, what does this even mean? First of all, what are you trying to tell me? I'd be like, oh, yeah, Godfather. Cool. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how one of the biggest media circuses in New York City history began. Um, So Bobby, he couldn't cut it. He was like out like right away. He's like, I don't I'm not I don't think I should be here. And they're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I don't blame him. He leaves. He doesn't get, you know, caught, you know. Um, So it's just Sal and John. And they're in this bank, you know, they got guns, they're holding everyone in the bank hostage. And John asked them to go get the money in the vault. But, you know, as if their day hadn't already gone bad enough, 
the vault was only like half full. <laughs> so they didn't even get that much. Like, and there was a really funny scene in the movie Dog Day Afternoon where like the teller's just like crying and they're like, what's wrong? And she's like, there's no money. Yeah, like she thinks like they're just going to be killed because there's no money in the bank. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, Dude, I would flip out like what, <laughs> what the hell? I know. Well, so they tell, don't they tell you, like, just give them whatever they want, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it'd be so scary to be in a bank robbery. And, like, you know, that does kind of come up in the documentary how later on he sort of continues to profit off of this. And they were like, ta- a, a teller who was part of the robbery is being interviewed. And she's like, um, yeah, it was like a really traumatic, horrific experience for a lot of people, you know? So, Jesus. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would have PTSD for the rest of your life from that. Yeah. And they, they're, they seem very, you know, unstable in the way that this is depicted. And like I said, they don't have a plan. So they're not acting like calm and cool, (laughs) you know? Uh, Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Okay. So they do Mm -hmm. manage to seize $38,000 in cash and $175,000 in traveler's checks. Um, But then at that time, um, one of the employees was able to sound the alarm and right away the police arrived on the scene and in the documentary, John is interviewed and he's like, yeah, you know, now I realize they there's a reason why they say you only have like one minute to go in and do this because Damn. you really only have like one minute and then they're there. And, and he's like, they're all like, what the, you know, like, cause they're surrounded. There's snipers, you know, in buildings across the street, there's cops they everywhere. They oh can't believe God. this is happening to them. <laughs> I mean, and in the city too, like if you're out in suburbia, I'm sure you have a few minutes before the cops are at your bank or the the banks are probably right. only near police stations, like in small towns. I should look into that because mm. that would make sense. But yeah, yeah you're in, in Brooklyn. Rob banks in suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have some ideas I want to talk to you about after okay. we finish recording. <laughs> after our high series. Got it. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it. Like they're in Brooklyn, right? This is their neighborhood. Um, so, and it's like, there's nothing to do that day. It's just a hot day in August. So the whole neighbor com- neighborhood comes out to watch too, you know? Um, so you've got of cops, course. like of everybody's course. watching, you know? And so that's kind of the cool thing is because they do have all this footage. It was like reported on the news. So in the movie, they can recreate like the scenes that happen yeah. as we know what you happened. have news stations police officers like yeah come on this was not I mean this was like really pathetic right and then once they like, found out robbery. the story behind it you know why he was robbing the bank it was like this media circus like I said it was this this huge right. sensation um oh okay So John and Sal took all eight people inside the bank as hostages and they hold them up for a 14 hour standoff. (gasps) What? Yep. And like I said, so there's FBI agents, police, journalists, snipers posted on the rooftops and 2000 rowdy spectators. Um, 14 (laughs) hours. I have been there as a spectator for uh, that 14 hours. Yeah, right? Yeah, just I would not have gone. the popcorn. <laughs> oh my god. 
This is or a wild. Or buildings, like, you know, across the street or something, just looking at Oh, my window. God. You're watching it on the news and out your window. That's, like, yeah. perfect case scenario. So, also, like, you know, one of the spectators was, of course, John's loving mother, Terry. So, she comes down oh, and tries God. to raise him with him, you know. Um, oh, God. She yeah. She can't believe it. She can't believe it. Oh yeah, my God. You know, and so that's in the movie too. You know, she's trying to like reason with him and like, you know, can't believe it. Um, a journalist recalled it as a full blown show. <laughs> oh God. Is this bad that I like want the stacks for my own <laughs> entertainment? It definitely is like a root for the bad guy kind of story. And that's, you know, one thing that they say about the movie and why people liked it so much. I, I love the sound effects right now of the oh, I know. pop stars. <laughs> siren my door too (laughs) perfect though (laughs) yeah perfect timing oh god love this okay so you know there are just some things that made this story you know bizarre and also helped you know catapult john into this like ringleader role um you know and and why people kind of loved him uh he ordered pizza for all the hostages and and then he paid delivery, the delivery guy, with wads oh. of cash from the bank. Whoa. He said like, he gave how, like okay. $1,000. I'm sorry. Could you imagine you're on, like, the SWAT team, and this dude is fucking ordering pizza, and you're, you're like, sitting there in the same position for, like, 14 hours, and this guy's, like, fucking ordering pizza? Could you imagine being the delivery guy? They really right. made the delivery guy go in there? he just brings it to the door you know but he's now he's famous he's on tv you know it's like people are recording this as it happens he gives the delivery guy two thousand dollars for the pizza that he stole from the bank you know um and then he takes money just more cash cash money and starts throwing it into the crowd like the cheering crowd and people are just trying to catch it i gotta look up there must be there must be footage of this on like YouTube yeah I'm sure I have to look this up so he's just you know he's making kind of like a spectacle of it as well and like in the documentary he's like you know I wasn't really planning to do that like you I you know I was just reacting to the situation kind of and like that's just his personality right um he wasn't really trying to showboat um necessarily um, and so some of the some of the hostages actually ended up having like you know certain fondness for John, and they weren't really scared of him. They were just more exhausted. They said um, one teller, Shirley Ball, said, "I realized that he was friendly, had a purpose for robbing the bank. He thought he would be in and out." Um, so wow. you know, they're kind of seeing the man behind the robber. And I love this um, part. So a New York Daily News reporter, Robert um, Capstatter, got an interview of a lifetime with John when he called the bank on a whim. Like, he's like, I'm just going to call the bank and see if someone picks up. Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. And John picks up. And so (laughs) the reporter's like, so how's it going? (laughs) Stop. Stop. No, we're dead again. We're done. <laughs> and John just snaps yeah. back, like, how do you think? <laughs> so he talked to him for a little bit, and he got this, like, amazing, 
interview and that's what i'm saying like we have yeah. all this like information of like of what was happening uh damn give that guy a raise right <laughs> and so then found out that, you know it comes out that he is trying to raise money for his wife who is technically at this point a man's sex change operation and so right, you because know, before this they have no idea why they he's don't doing know why okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah so then you know Liz Eden is interviewed she's like in the mental institution people um in the movie I don't know if they do this in doc- if this happens in real life they like bring her down there to like talk to him you know and um it's very dramatic and whatever but um but yeah so like it all comes out so then like gay rights protesters start coming down there and like cheering for him and you know it's just full-blown circus um i am loving and i just so you know i found on um i guess i just googled it but it's the true okay it's dog day afternoon scene comparisons oh perfect oh awesome it shows like actual footage split screen with like what's in the movie mm-hmm. so that might be interesting to watch just yeah it should be on youtube um i just googled the guy's name um john widowitz yeah or whatever his name is and then videos and then you'll see it so <laughs> in case you're interested yeah God, how could you not be <laughs> you have to see watch that. this documentary i'm telling you it goes into his whole life it's so much more than just the robbery but um so okay yes it's this media circus it's now you know got so many layers and they make a deal with the fbi they say they want a plane they plan to take you know the hostages with with them the hostages are their collateral so like they've only given up like a couple hostages throughout this whole 14 hour standoff and they want a plane um for sal and john and some of the people are probably like i'm fine being a hostage like don't (laughs) Don't set me free. I'm right. getting pizza. Yeah. Like, all this I'm money for is the mine cause. Now. Like, I am yeah. for the cause. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. So they say that they want to be put on an international flight at um, Kennedy Airport. Um, and so the agents agree. But, of course, like, that's not ever really going to happen. That's a ruse. If you ever rob a bank and the agents are like, like yes, we'll give yeah. you whatever you want. <laughs> No, obviously they're not going to put you on a plane and be like hey bye Uh, good luck out there in the world yep what so they they fell for it yep Mm -mm. and obviously Mm -mm. agents are waiting for them and as soon as the pair (laughs) arrive sal was shot dead (sighs) and he was the casualty of the whole day so he was actually killed during this Mm -hmm. or could you imagine this this the guys waiting there like whoever thought of this idea they must have been like all right let's try this and everyone laughs at them like please they'll never fucking fall for that but they're like let's just do it it's been 14 hours my kids got a soccer game like I gotta go yeah (laughs) so they try it they must have been like are you fucking kidding me well they know that they're exhausted too right and they're like out of their mind they're like kind of playing off of that I think um so yeah so Sal Naturale was killed and John oh. um, Witowitz was arrested um so yeah so he does go to prison the, I guess we can talk about the aftermath now and like what led to the film um he was sentenced to 20 years in prison but he only ended up serving five and was released in oh. 1978 
Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Geez, God. You really don't get a lot of time for robbing a bank. I know. Well, I don't know how he got out so early, but, you know, maybe. Oh, you know what? I do know how. Like, he, so, this is a tangent, but he meets a guy in prison who eventually becomes his uh, third husband. And this man is sort of like a jailhouse lawyer, and he helps people, like, with reductions in their um, sentences. And so he Oh, damn. Because they argued something like, they had argued that he was not mental he that he was mentally competent when he robbed the bank i think but then when they um were going to like sentence him they said he was not mentally competent and he was like what how could i have not been in that crazy situation you know uh, <laughs> but yeah you're, you know, saying i am now they found like kind of some technicality to get him off um, uh, okay okay get sentence reduced and mm-hmm. when okay. he was in prison, the movie Dog Day Afternoon came out, um, and he actually got to see it in prison. So originally, the Could warden. Could you imagine? I know oh he my like God. in the documentary. He's like, I was. I've been telling all the guys, you know, like in prison, that my story is being made into a movie. You know, so he's been talking it up for years. And yeah, like, they're like, not, okay. Yeah, he did not have, like, you know, it was prison. He did not have a great time. He talks about being raped in prison. And, oh like, you know, God. I think also because of the high profile of his crime, you know, a lot of people didn't really like him, um, too, you know. So, originally, the warden objected to John seeing the movie, but he threatened to be the big, he threatened to start the biggest prison riot you ever saw if the <laughs> warden wouldn't show it. <laughs> Um, so he got to watch it with you know just a prison guard a single guard you know in a room and then I think a little while after that they eventually showed it to the whole prison Um, and he described it as a very moving experience um, but he did think that the movie didn't show a whole lot of truth and a little um, you know it was what little it did show was consistently twisted and distorted, he said, you know, so. Well, so did he, did anybody come talk to him about what? So he sold his rights to, he sold his his story. I don't know if they did come talk to him. I mean, he was in prison, but (laughs) when they were making it. They probably just said, oh, well, we have video footage of the actual heist. Yeah. We know of what he said about, like, leading up to it. So we'll just use that. But, like, God, you'd think they'd go and talk to him and be like so what really was right. the story between this and you like, know I think I'll also like it just depends right some people like we talked about this with Tanya Harding like she loved like I Tanya because she was you know portrayed by you know a gorgeous right. actress Margot Robbie and it you know is a fun movie you know but then some other people see how their stories interpreted and they're like oh you know that's not what I thought it was like <laughs> right 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 yeah. Okay. So he said yeah. his biggest problem with the movie was um, that it hinted very dramatically that this is a quote. The film hinted very dramatically that I made some kind of deal to betray my partner, Sal. This is not true. There's no human being low enough in this world who would let the FBI kill his partner in order for him to survive. So he thinks that the movie hinted that he made a deal with Sal and that's why Sal was or with the FBI. And that's why Sal was killed when they arrived at the airport but he says that's not true. Okay. Hmm. Um, he also had issues with the casting of his wife, um, Carmen, his, his hetero wife. He said that um, 
The film made Carmen look horrible and inferred that I left her and um, winded up in the arms of a gay man because of her. This is completely untrue, and I feel sorry for the actress for having to play such a horrible role, he said. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah, so, you know, throughout this time, like like I said, Carmen's just always there. So she is in the movie. She's, you know, a force in his life, the mother of his children. Um, but you know, despite his issues with the movie, uh, critics loved it and audiences loved it. And, um, it made more than 20 times its budget at the box office and it received six Academy Award nominations and won, um, best screenplay. Wow. I know I've heard of, like, I've heard of this movie and I know I've heard of this story on like other podcasts but obviously they didn't cover it as good as you are right now <laughs> well they don't go into the man behind it you know yeah. so I think there's just yeah I'm like shocked I feel like him yeah it's like a whole new story it's crazy yeah I'm like boggled <laughs> so yeah boggled. when he got out of prison he um sold the rights of of his story and the money was used for Liz's operation. So she did eventually get an operation, but after the surgery in 1973, or I'm sorry, he must've sold it when he was still in prison. But, um, so yeah, after the surgery in 1973, Liz, um, told John that she never wanted to see him again (laughs) and left him. And in the documentary, she says her psychiatrist actually tells her, like, this is an unhealthy relationship for you to be in. Yeah. (laughs) If someone's going to rob a bank for you, I mean, that is like a ride or die, but it's also like should set up some red flags for you. (laughs) Right, right. So she did use the money to get the operation. Um, and this actually led, you know, her breaking up with him led John to slit his wrists, but he did survive. So he did try to commit suicide after that. Like I said, they had a very passionate marriage um, relationship. Um, but as I did mention earlier, he did find love while he was in prison. And he, again, married in an unofficial ceremony, fellow con George Heath. Um, and he refers to George as his wife. George in the documentary is like, well, I don't identify as female, but he calls me his wife. So I guess I'm his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he calls me. So I guess uh, yeah. Yeah. he just goes with it. And when they get out of prison in 1978, they both move in with John's mom because she's always there for her son. Oh, my God. <laughs> as a mom. I would do the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you and your con husband, you know, can move in, you know, even though you still have this other, you know, woman. Oh, my God. Now, Liz Eden, who's your wife. You also still have Carmen, who's your wife. So he has, like, pre-marriage. Sunday dinner. Listen, I'm going to make pasta and sauce. (laughs) Yeah. And And that's the mom is interviewed in this documentary and she's just like the oldest, like old schoolest Brooklyn Italian lady, you know, like I love it. And they are like, you know, Catholic and everything. So he's just such a, he flies in the face of all of that and she still loves him, you know, no matter what. And he does have actually, um, this is really sad and I didn't put this in here, but I'll just mention it. But he does have a brother who um, he had seizures a lot when he was a child, I believe. Oh, no. And he was sent away to like an institution 
and he's lived there for his entire life. Like he comes down every year to, well, when they were still living, he would come down to visit John and, and the mom, Terry, like every year. And he's in the documentary and, and John is just like the sweetest to him. Like he is so sweet to his brother. Um, and the mom has a lot of guilt because she never really talked about him. Like after he was sent to the institution. And so she's like, I just doted on John. I just like focus all my energy on him, you know, cause she just had this guilt. Um, cause at the time that's what you did when you didn't understand like what was happening with a medical or <laughs> mental. And it's another one of those things. Like I think in every episode we can say like, how much things have changed, but then also like how other things, like so many things have advanced and yet with some things it's like still the fucking same. So this is like one of those cases where it would be such a different story now, but also, I don't know. It's, it's just like so deep. (laughs) It's so deep. deep. Um, So yeah, I mean, once John was out of prison, he couldn't really, um, I believe he used to do something in finance because in the documentary he says he like was like looking for jobs as a bookkeeper and like with, you know, numbers and stuff. But because of his crime, he's not allowed to work near money. (laughs) So like what he was trained in. Yeah, he couldn't really do. So he kind of like after the movie, he took on this just persona, this nickname, the dog. And he just used that and became obsessed with it and used that to make money. So he would like pose for pictures outside of the Chase Manhattan Bank um, that he robbed. And, you know, people would pay him for some pictures and he'd, you know, tell, you know, tell him his story or whatever. And then he'd wear, he was known for wearing a shirt that said, I robbed this bank and like would stand in front of the bank, you know, and he kind of just almost became like this, like one of those people you see on like Hollywood Boulevard, you know, like a little washed up, but you know, mm-hmm. but that he's like, was so that was his persona. He like, he's like introduced himself as the dog. Like I'm the one who inspired this um, wow. movie. And yeah, so it's kind of, you know, kind of sad um, that that's sort of where his life went. Um, but he was still this character to until the very end. Um, he even actually applied to work as a guard at a Chase bank. <laughs> um come on come on yep Um, and he said I'm the guy from dog day afternoon and if I'm guarding your bank nobody's gonna rob the dog's bank (laughs) oh my god or would it be like a challenge yeah oh yeah that's a little bit of bad judgment there but okay you know gotta give him some credit yep he really, you know, he really ended up just spending his final years on government assistance. And then he died of cancer in 2006. So RIP to John the dog, Witowitz. Like, what a character. It was such a joy, like, just learning about him, the good and the bad all together. And Liz Eden died of AIDS-related pneumonia in 1987. So um, that is the story of John Witowitz and the robbery of the... Chase Manhattan Bank that inspired the movie Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> wow. So Round of so applause. Round of applause. I just like, I had to do the story because I don't feel like a lot of people know it. And there's just so much. And like, this is in the seventies. I had to keep reminding myself, like this is all in the seventies, you know, happening yeah. where, you know, I, like you're saying it would, a lot of it would be different today, but a lot of it would be very much the same. So 
Yeah, but a lot of people who are still alive probably remember mm-hmm. this being all over the news, which is crazy. Yeah, and it was, <sighs> like, really, you know, like, the height of the gay rights movement. And like I said, I just mm-hmm. I encourage you to watch The Dog on Amazon Prime because it goes a lot into the um, gay rights movement in the 70s and because of his life and how active he was in that and and it just it covers his whole life and like I said he's just a freaking character like <laughs> I just want to give him a hug <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah he would also like sign it. like five dollar bills like out in front of like the bank and sell those to people and you know so um just a character genius, genius. wow I mean yeah it was for a good cause, so. It was for love. You I, do you, crazy things you, for love. Yeah, you can't really be too mad at him, but that poor guy who died, that's too bad. Yeah, yes, that is very sad. Um, You know, exactly, because he wasn't involved in, you know, this relationship with Liz and yeah. John, just helping out John, you know, and John was like, it's going to be fine. We're just going to go in and rob this bank. And like, because he had worked in a bank previously, like with his wife, Carmen, he kind of thought like he knew a little bit about banks and how they work, you know, but he just didn't have, this right. you know, so yeah, that is really sad. But I'm, you know, he says, obviously he's kind of torn up about that and has some guilt about it. And he doesn't like the fact that it's implied that he made a deal, you know, with the FBI that would then take out Sal. Right, right, right. Wow. So, yeah. So that's my heist for this week. And I know yours is going to be different next week. So I love that we're doing kind of like we did art, we did like actual money, cash money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different. Um, and I just love learning, you know, learning about the people behind these things and, you know, learning about John Widowitz makes me want to know even more about the robbers of the Isabella Stewart Gardner museum and like their backstories and why they did it. Right. 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 And yeah. And mine is going to be, um, something a little different, a little earlier in history. So it's going to take us back and it's going to be similar where it's like, Basically, the backstory of this character who ended up, like, pulling off the heist, not pulling off the heist. You'll have to listen next week to find (laughs) out. But it is mostly the story of, like, this guy. So I love that. um, I think that's great. I like that this is, you know, what they're known for. But, like, there's so much more to them. um, And this is just one part of their lives. So love it. So, yeah. So visit us on Facebook. Nope, not Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> Why did I think Facebook? I don't even go on Facebook. Not on Facebook. No. Sorry, um, Mark. Sorry, Mark Zuckerberg. We're not it, on Facebook. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Um, go to Instagram at famous Kate and Liz, Kate with a C, or um, send us an email on Gmail, famous Kate and Liz at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we love to hear from you guys. And um, give us some ideas. Let us know. Yeah. What famous topic do you want us to cover? We love hearing your requests. Um, I don't know what we're going to do after this series. So, yeah. Yeah. Amber. Amber, our one listener. Let us know. (laughs) Yeah. Send us in Uh, your requests. Yes. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I hope you come back next week. Bye. Hey!